This episode of Cross Politics is brought to you by New St. Andrews College. New St. Andrews College. To find out more about New St. Andrews College, please visit nsa.edu. nsa.edu. Cross Politics begins in three, two, one. that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. The government and the political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. Sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right When the Spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the water boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Mm-mm-mm. I'm enjoying me some Cross Politic coffee. I'll take some of that. Who, Hello, y'all. Who made this? Mm. Knox. Chuck Knox. You make this? Huh? Hey. <laughs> I, did I did that today. I made hey, y'all some coffee. Uh, that's great. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Um, Welcome to Cross Politics. Hey, hey, hey. That's me. Oh, that's sorry. my job. Sorry. I had to get on Toby for that one. Like. Like. Please uh, share the show. Uh, like it. Comment on it. You guys uh, tag, watching on Facebook. Tag all your friends. All In- of them. Invite all of them. Be, there, that, be that guy. There's a little <laughs> icon. Uh, with the plus button on it where you can tag all your friends while you're watching the show. Let's do it. And and thank you for joining us also on the podcast. we got to kick more more shots out to our podcast Those listeners. guys are faithful. Yeah, we yeah. got those podcasts. Honk, honk your horn. Yeah. Honk your horn. <laughs> if you're listening to Cross honk, Politics honk. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two honks for Jesus. Yeah. And, and I ain't talking about Toby Two honks. It's, it's honks. <laughs> <laughs> just roll your window um, down and say, Cross Politics. Yeah. And then, you know, honk again. Hey, a, a couple upfront announcements for you guys. First off, if you guys don't know about our Worldview Conference for high school kids this summer, New St. Andrews College is hosting. Called. J- July. It's it's called Called Conference. Called. Called conference. Look at that providence. Dot ninja. We're going to make ninja great again. And, oh, there is no, we need a, you need like a little laugh track for me because you guys don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Called conference. Dot ninja. It's for ages uh, 14 to 19 year olds. Um, and it's July 16th through the 20th. And it's like a worldview conference. It's a worldview conference. We got Pastor Joe Rigney from Minnesota I coming like out. That guy. Oh, man. That I'm dude. so excited. Sharp cookie. We got Steve. Dace, syndicated radio host Steve Dace coming out. Oh yeah, sharp guy. Y'all, y'all, we got Matt Walsh coming out. Hey. Our boy Matt Walsh coming out, and we got a special right. Thursday night um, cross politic live show with Matt Walsh. He's gonna get converted of, in front of uh, all the kids. So it's gonna be in front of all the kids, yeah. and and we're gonna debate on Roman Catholicism. Debate, discuss. I don't even know uh, because he's now, he doesn't like the Pope. You and all, so you and I are going to hold him down. He's Protestant, and Chuck Knox he really is going to take. T- just. You know, I normally don't believe in immersion, but I'm willing to try it for this. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we bring him back up, do you? Yeah. We can't. <laughs> all right, down again. Okay. I'm not rebaptized. Hold, hold, hold your breath. But, hold your breath. But, some, some holy waterboarding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. Matt, so, Matt, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Matt, if you're listening, Matt, just Psych. kidding. 
<laughs> um, so Matt Matt's coming out. Steve Dace is coming out. Uh, Darren Doan is gonna be doing some talks. I'm, I can't uh, wait for that one. Pastor Wilson, uh, so Toby, all these, all these guys are doing are gonna be talking about the areas of expertise they have. Yes. So, so Matt Walsh is gonna be on news and media. News. Steve Dace is gonna be on politics. Okay. Darren's gonna be on film. And then uh, we got a a special guy coming from the Ron Blue Institute out of Wesley University, Indiana. Um, Okay. And talk about business and economics. So real, real wow. good, real good organization. Who, who, who doesn't want to be it's, there, dude? This is a packed conference for high school kids. When's the date? And it's July 16th through the 20th. We also are going to do a, a panel on feminism Tuesday night oh, okay. with Elise Crappyshets. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, Becca Merkel. Oh, and Summer Yeager from Sheologians. Summer Yeager from oh, Sheologians. Oh yes. wow, yeah. This is so she's. It's oh my packed. gracious! You know, this I, is what happens when I plan a conference. <laughs> So, parents of teenagers, yeah. or yes. I know we got some teenagers out there listening. Oh, man. You need to start Absolutely. pestering your parents, uh, graciously. Early registration's deadline is April 1st. So, get that early bird price, April That's 1st, Easter. all that stuff. Easter. It's Easter. Yeah, Easter day. Secondly, we got to move along here real quick, but Grace Agenda. The, so, so, our guest uh, yeah. for the show today is Dr. Joe Boot. Joe yeah. Boot. If you guys don't know who Joe Boot What's is. What's wrong with you? Then, then you don't know. I, you don't know Boot. I, I know Joe Boot's coming, and yeah. that's all I know. Yeah. He's uh oh, so know. so Joe Boo's coming up. Uh, we he's also a pastor. Got, he's a pastor. He's he Canadian. Work, he, yes, he's well. No, no, no. He's um he's pastoring a church in Canada. Oh. He used to work for Ravi Zacharias. He's, he's a ministries. missionary to Canada. Yeah, because <laughs> we gotta be sending it's the missionaries totally, to Canada. It's northern Montana, man. Northern Montana. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's that, right, y'all. Them Canucks. Them. <laughs> <laughs> they need Jesus. <laughs> So Joe Boot, he's actually coming on the show uh, uh, for our interview here in the next segment. Actually, and we, he's going to be at Grace Agenda, and Grace Agenda is April thirteenth and fourteenth. And the topic, Toby, is enraging the culture. Man, you mean engaging the culture? Enraging the culture. <laughs> you said it wrong again. Read, read my lips. Yeah, enraging the yeah, culture. It sounds like you said enraging the culture. Enraging the culture. So y'all need to get up here because this is Grace Agenda. The conference is actually free. Yep. Um, because Grace is free. And we want you guys to get up here. Sponsored by Christ Church here in Moscow. Yep, sponsored by Christ Church here in Moscow. Um, New St. Andrews also has a prospective student weekend, so if you guys want to visit the college and, while and, you're here that that's, week, that's uh, great. That's like April, what is that? That's April 13th and, and 14th. 14th. And we'll actually be at the conference. We're, we'll have a booth set up at the oh, conference and all nice. that stuff. Nice. So. I'll be making coffee for everybody. I'm, spe- <laughs> I'm speaking at the conference. <laughs> so, that's oh, right. Oh. Yes. So, I think we talked about this topic before because we plugged Grace Agenda before. Oh, did we? Yeah. But um, you're speaking on- um, Do not give your strength to women. Yes. What do you mean by that? Do not give your strength to women. Y'all come to the conference. You heard it. That's it. That's it. You got to find out. So let's get to some cross-politic news. Hey, okay? hold on just a second. All right. We just got to mention. Just got to mention. Okay. For all of you watching the live show this week and this week only, because our, our brother, oh, Jack the Knox, is out of right. town. Well, right. Because Marcus Pittman is getting married. Because Marcus Pittman is getting married. Yeah. Um, apologia. Yes. Um, I've been praying for that. Lord have mercy. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're still praying for that. Uh <laughs> So this, if you're watching live on Facebook, all you get this week is the first is the is the top and the tail of the show. You don't get the interview with Joe Boot. You have to go. You have to go to mm-hmm. iTunes or wherever Subscribe. wherever you go get your your podcast. Yep. That's where mm-hmm. you can get the interview with Joe Boot. So just FYI, yep. if you want to get the interview with Joe Boot, you got to download the podcast. It'll be available in audio only. Yep. But today for this week only. The live show, the cool. visual recording. Just like two segments. It's just two segments, and it's just with yours truly, the, yeah. the three of us yeah. hanging out. So, hey, what's going on? Okay, so cross-positive news, guys. The, the Florida thing, obviously, 
um, the, the Florida, Florida the tra- thing. Florida thing. The tragedy in Florida yes. is is not over, and it. We're talking about the shooting at the school. We're talking about the shooting at school, but I think the the public rollout is is just getting is is making it even more tragic. So you're getting, okay, it's getting worse. Um, if you guys if you guys kind of followed some of the rollout, I mean, immediately within like two hours yeah. of the shooting, it was already being used as a political means for for gun laws. Yep. And gun restrictions. Right. And and then you had this sheriff all of a sudden start making all these rounds. He was on CNN town hall with Marco Rubio. He was on all these interviews. I mean, he was on the news every day. And, and he's pro gun restrictions. Absolutely. He's he's a Democrat. Okay. He's absolutely a Democrat. And so he becomes the media darling. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly Cause, right. Because he's their hero. He's yep. he's a sheriff with a yep. gun. With a gun. Yeah. And he's he's for restrictions right on guns right and so let, let me uh, play just two videos here real quick to kind of um uh, kick this off really not taking any responsibility for the multiple red flags that were brought to the attention of the broward sheriff's office about this shooter before the incident whether it was people near him close to him calling the police jake, jake, I, could, jake I could only take responsibility for what i knew about i exercise my my due diligence i've given amazing leadership to this agency <laughs> amazing leadership. Uh, you, you don't <laughs> A measure uh is that Trump? Jay, Jake Tab Tapper's like amazing leadership. <laughs> he he doesn't even believe it. Person's leadership by a deputy not going into a these deputies received the training they needed. Maybe they you measure somebody's leadership equipment. by whether or not they protect the community. In this case, <laughs> you've listed twenty-three incidents before the shooting involving the shooter. And still, nothing was done to keep guns out of his hands, to make sure that there were the school was protected, to make sure you were keeping an Man. eye on it. So, it was actually more more situations than 23. I think it yeah. ended up being 40-something. Oh, my gracious. Wow. Yeah. So this is this is the sheriff on, on Fox, uh, actually, NBC, local yes. NBC, um, later. Uh, um, actually, maybe a little a bit earlier before the interview. As I said, I'm, I'm the sheriff. My name's on the door. The people responsible are the ones who took the calls and didn't follow up on them, as it was with the FBI, uh, as it was with with any oh, with any person. Leaders oh, cannot. Man. Leaders are responsible for the agency, but leaders are not expo- are responsible for a person. Uh, I gave him a gun. I gave him a badge. What? I gave him the training. If he didn't have the heart to go in, that's not my response. He he. Hey, wait a second. That's not wait my responsibility. Second. Except for it's Trump's responsibility that there aren't stricter gun laws. So he he blames Trump and D.C. for what happens in his county. And then in addition to this, the deputy came out this last week because of what the sheriff had been saying. The deputy came out and said, "Look, I was told not to go in. I was told to stand down." Oh wow! What does his badge say, sheriff? And so when he gives out a oh, he's badge, responsible for his name on the door. When he like gives when out, a, when he yeah right, his name is on the for door. the door. Yeah yeah yeah. When he gives out a badge to someone who's a deputy, right? What is he assuming? That that he is. You he, trained him. You gave him a gun. If he mishandles the gun, right. he misrepresents the badge. He's called deputy for a reason. You are the one responsible, right. for what he's done. Yeah. Now what was was crazy about this whole situation is that, like you said. He was, for whatever reason, the officers that were on the scene, three armed officers, if I remember correctly, were told not to go in. They had medical people that were on the scene as well, and they were told not to go in. Right, right. Well, so so, uh, I'd say the medical, the medical situation could be 
I, I could maybe understand that if things aren't clear yet and it's not safe for the medical people to come in yet. Look, I right. could understand that. The sheriff, the if, deputies if, is where. If you got a man I, on the ground, if you got that. a man on the ground, he's like, look, I see six people in front of me. Don't engage. He's like, I see six people in front of me. I can save them. Use your discretion to save those people. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, if, if, and if you have a chance to save someone and you see the opportunity there and you can make a better decision than somebody in the back room on right. the telephone, right. then I'm going to tell you to make the best decision you can with, with your own life. It's your life at that point. So one of the things that has not been, it's, it's, it's come out that the Broward County, so the school system was having a problem with their kids getting arrested. Um, they were having a number of incidents and so they're losing some of their uh, school population, which was actually hurting their federal funding. So a couple years, I, I, yeah. So I think I think it was like the, um, I forget the date. I read the document. I forget the date, but it was, it was a, a number of years ago, a couple to a number of years ago, where the Broward County School District kind of made an agreement with the sheriff's office, basically to stop kind of arresting our kids for petty crimes. What? You're kidding? Yes, I'm dead serious. What? There's a memorandum. Um, uh, because we're trying to keep our our atten- our, our attendance our higher, high, our enrollment higher, so we, so can, we can get our federal funding. Get our federal funding. I so, love how they did so it. So petty, petty crime, petty issues. Work with us here. Work, work with, with us, us here. Because we're trying to keep our funding up. That's, that's it's right. It's for the kids. That's it's right. for, no, no, no. For our kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, it's for hey, their jobs. For our kids. Yeah, they're, they're resting yeah. our kids. And yeah. we need you guys yeah. to so, stop with our kids. Yeah. They, that's so, mean. guys, the sheriff, Um, that line, he, he, I'm not responsible. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That's that's really, we need to we need to camp out there for a second. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, He is... Um, that's what's, I mean, you could boil down so much of what's wrong with our world. With that, with, with yeah. that, oh, man. those three that's, words. That's right. I'm not responsible. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. He is not being a leader right there in that moment. He's not. Right. Not it, at all. A leader, he, he uses the word leader, 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 leader. He's not a leader. No. A leader is one who takes responsibility. Right? He's, he's completely abdicating responsibility right now. Um, this and is, and throwing people under the bus. Absolutely. The yeah, blaming. He's blaming. <laughs> it's like my deputies right. didn't have the heart to go in there. Right. And that's not my not my responsibility. Not my responsibility. Right. I gave him the gun, I gave him the badge. But, the uh, issue here though is that okay, this is um a con- a biblical concept that we're actually talking about that we're not we're not used to talking about anymore. But right. the word is oh, covenant. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you've heard us say this on this show before. Covenant covenant theology yeah. matters. And yeah. and we and we say it matters. And, and a lot of times, you know, we're, we're, we're having fun and, and David will say, you know, that means you baptize your babies. <laughs> That's part of it. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the thing. David's playing and he's not playing. He's playing and he's not playing because the, 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 that's a symbol. Okay, yeah, the right. idea of baptizing our babies, it, it, we're, what we're talking about, though, is that God works in a certain way in the world. That's right. There's a structure built into the world. It's not random. It's not random. It's the way God made the world and the way he made it and the way it functions is covenantally. That's right. And, and what that fundamentally means is every covenant has a covenant head. That's right. Mm-hmm. Every covenant has a covenant head. Representative. That's, that's a representative yep. Yep. of um, those within the covenant. Okay, this is why Joshua can say, this is that Bible verse that ends up on all the you know calendars and on the magnets, as for me and my household. Yeah, and in every Baptist house, it ends up there too. Yeah, even though that <laughs> it still makes it. <laughs> as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. He's speaking on behalf of his household. He's a 
old. He's a great, probably maybe a great great grandfather by that point. He's talking about you know lots of people under him in his mm-hmm, household. He mm-hmm. said, "We're going to serve the Lord." Abraham too, right? Abraham. Abraham he, he comes into the covenant. God says, "I will be your God, and I will be the God of your children after you." And he has everybody in Abraham's household. Household. His not, whole crew, not just his biological not descendants. Everybody is under his authority. Right? Even his servants. Yep. They all take the sign of the covenant. That's yep. right. Because God works this way. That's right. He works with households. He works with families. He works with covenantal units. Absolutely. Okay. And ultimately, you say, ah, I don't know about that. And be like, all right, this is a gospel issue. That's right. Ultimately. That's e- right. Even that if you're is, not sure about Abraham, right. even that's if right. you're not sure about Joshua, this yeah. is a gospel issue. Because here's the question. And I get this question when I talk to unbelievers. You know, go, you know I'll go on campus. I'll go be talking to someone. They're like, why do I care about some Jewish guy mm. that got, got killed like a thug outside of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? Mm-hmm. What do I got to do with me? And it has nothing to do with anyone if covenant isn't real. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So how does Jesus dying take away my sins? Well, the answer is Jesus is our covenant head. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, here's the thing. One of the other things that this guy's missing is the difference between responsibility and guilt. Yeah. Okay. This is a, these are biblical categories. Okay. Responsibility is not the same thing as guilt. You can be responsible and guilty, but sometimes you're just responsible. That's right. Okay. It's it's your problem. It's your yeah. fault. Yeah. Um. Even if you're not guilty of the action. So if you're a captain on a on a on a big cruise ship, you know, in the navy. Yeah. And some guy down below pushes some button. You know. Yeah. Blows up a little boat out in the sea. I don't know nothing about ships, but you yeah. know, you know, <laughs> whatever button he pressed, know, he pushes a button. It was a bad button. It was a bad button. Missile gets launched or something, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The captain of that ship. Yeah. Says my fault. Yep. That's right. That's right. It's my responsibility. Yep. It happened under my watch. Yep. That's yeah. right. Okay. Now, is he guilty of that sin? No. Of that crime? No. And and that guy's gonna you know pay for his his crime. But the captain says, "My bad." Yeah. yeah. That's right. My he owns resp- it. He takes responsibility. It's his he, owns ship. It. he owns it. Now, this is the good news. Yeah. The good news is that Jesus, God in His mercy, sent His Son Jesus, and Jesus was not guilty of any of our crimes. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Amen, was he guilty man. of any sin? Yeah. No. None. He was sinless. Preach, preacher. Okay? Yeah. And, 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 but the, the righteous died for the unrighteous. Amen. How can he do that? How can God reckon his death for us? Yeah. The answer is covenant. That's right. We are, right. For, for Jesus is the covenant head. And so Romans 5 makes this point. I was just going to go hit it, but hit you, you know about Romans 5? You, 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 you read that one? Glory. He says, just as Adam, Adam was a type of the one to come. Why are we all sinners? Why are we all guilty? We're covenantally guilty in Adam. Adam is our federal head or our covenant head. That's what federal means. Covenant. Okay? Jesus is the new covenant head. That's right. And so everyone who is in Jesus, everyone who places their trust in Jesus, Jesus is reckoned as their covenant head. And so his righteousness, his death, Burial, resurrection, and ascension is reckoned to us because he is our covenant head. That's right. Because he takes responsibility for us. And this is what real masculinity is. Come on now. This is is what manhood is. The essence of manhood is taking responsibility for for those around you, saying, this is mine. I got it. Um, It doesn't mean that you're guilty for the sin that your wife commits. Or the sin that your children commits, but you say this is my responsibility. And Job, Job right. did this. Hey, I was thinking of that well, because you wrote a book on Job. He wrote I a figured, book. He did. Figured, you know, y'all better grab hey, some of your. Hey, oh, how does this work? Okay, let's just not. Let's, okay, we, let's roll this out. We'll come back. We'll come back. <laughs> Job, yeah, takes the responsibility yeah. for see, his children. You know, we've lost that. We don't understand. We see Job 
doing his sacrificial thing right. for his children. He says, he says my children might yep. have sinned in, in, their, in their celebration, so yep. he offers sacrifices on their behalf. Yeah. And God, if any so of them have sinned, forgive them of their sins. Yeah. We, we have no idea of covenant. So when we see Job doing that, that looks so foreign to us. Like, why is Job apologizing for his right. kid's sins? Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't even understand that structure. So when we see because it. Because he is thinking covenantally. Exactly. So, exactly. so men, yeah. um, here's the deal. Christian men, pastors, we taught that sheriff how to oh. abdicate responsibility. Yeah. How have we done that? Yeah. Okay. We have done that by refusing to take responsibility mm. and by refusing to hold men responsible. Yeah. yeah. That's for right. those under their care. Yeah, so right. one example, we've talked about this a few times in the show, but elders and pastors that's right. who have unfaithful, you know, have divorces or have unfaithful children and mm-hmm. churches that say, well, you know, who's to say? Yeah. Yeah. Who's to say? Well, he's not responsible for his own yeah. kids. He's and, not responsible for his but, the divorce, but, his wife. But yeah. Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3 say that a, that a man is qualified by his household. Mm. Now, there are hard cases. Sure. They need to be dealt with with wisdom. But we need to be able to speak plainly and forthrightly that a man with faith, unfaithful children, apostate children, children that have abandoned the faith and with broken families, how will he be able to rule the household of God? Yeah, mm. that's right. Okay. The Bible treats a man as responsible for his family, yeah. responsible for his marriage, responsible for his children. That does not mean that he is guilty for all of their sins, but right. he is he responsible. Is responsible. That's yeah. what it means to be a leader. That's what it means to be a head. It means you have a body. Yep. Are you going to be the head? Then that means you have a body. Right. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Right. Covenant. It matters. It and, matters. And if the church doesn't model it, then what we get is sheriffs like this one right. seeing a great example of abdicating responsibility. Yeah. How are you going to object? How are you going <laughs> to object to what he's saying? Hey, uh, for those who want to hear this interview, you got to go to our podcast. Coming up yeah, next, yeah. Joe Boot. Just take my job. How are you going to yell at him for taking hit your job? You're just going to take my job like that. That I ain't right. I didn't think you were going to do it right. I didn't think you were going to do it right. I'm going to take home. responsibility for this. <laughs> <laughs> Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. I'm a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. I am a programmer. I'm a real estate broker. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in the Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. For more information, visit us online at nsa.edu. Welcome back to Cross Politic, y'all. We're uh, really, really excited about uh, this segment. As we mentioned early in the show, we have uh, the uh, the good Reverend Doctor Joseph Boot. All of it. Yes, uh, he is a cultural philosopher and theologian, leading Christian apologist, founding pastor of Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and founder of the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity, which. Mm. 
You can call the EICC if you like. Okay. Joe has spoken all over the world in 30 countries at numerous universities, seminaries, churches, colleges, and conferences from Eton College to Oxford to Foreman University. He regularly addresses pastors and Christian leaders as well as medical, legal, and business professionals in North America, Britain, the Middle East. Wow. He's publicly debated leading atheists, thinkers, philosophers in Canada, the United States, and uh, Joe's married to Jenny. And they have three children, Naomi, Hannah, and Isaac. And we're really excited because Dr. Boot is coming to Moscow yes. for the Grace Agenda, yes. uh, which we mentioned a little earlier on the show, which is uh, April 13th and 14th. And, uh, and we are, this is the Enraging the Culture. Yep. And, uh, and Joe, you're speaking the, the, uh, the, the website, at least says. Your, your, your talk is... <laughs> Tales from the front line. So, um, thank you for joining us. First off, we're really thankful to have you on Cross Politic. Well, it's great to be here, gentlemen, and I, I really appreciate uh, you having me on the show today. Thank you for your warm welcome. Now, um, so uh, just from the bio, uh, you've been on the front lines. Uh, talk to us about um, uh, your ministry a little bit. Talk to us about Ezra Institute and and all this travel and and these the, all the speaking that you've been doing. What, what is it that you do? Well, uh, for about the last uh, 15 years, I've been in, in North America 15 years, so I actually came to Canada originally uh, coming from Oxford in England where I was working with um, Dr. Ravi Zacharias there, and I came originally to Canada to uh, establish um, uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries in Canada. Gotcha. Um, and about, um, so that was a, a great deal of um travel, of course, during that period. And then about 10 years ago, uh, sensed a strong uh, calling on um, my life uh, and as a family to uh, to plant a church in downtown Toronto, mm. um, a, a classical Christian school, and then to establish um, the uh, the Ezra Institute, which would uh, deal, uh, come to the issue of, of, um, of Christian apologetics uh, from a more culturally oriented perspective, what we might call a cultural um, apologetic. Uh, I noticed mm. that the uh, types of questions, and I'm sure you've found the same, the types of questions that people are asking today uh, over this last decade have shifted significantly from who was Jesus and why did he die and can you give me five good reasons to believe in the resurrection right. to um, why should I believe in a God who is um, a patriarchal, white supremacist, imperialistic, homophobe? Right. right. Um, and, you know, that the kind of civilizational objections to, to the Christian faith. And so over the past 10 years, uh, the, um, or eight years or so, the, the Ezra Institute has been busy seeking to build a robust cultural apologetic and uh, encourage and strengthen the church in that vision and mission. And also, of course, responding to uh, uh, skeptics and taking opportunities that we have to speak into the into the public space. So that's um, that's kept me pretty busy. Yeah. Do you get a warm reception when you speak on college campuses? Uh, I I it, it varies. It, it, it varies greatly, <laughs> <laughs> and it you know, it, it depends where you are. Um, and, uh, you know, you can be, um, I'm involved in, in directing something in the UK, um, called the Wilberforce Academy. And typically oh, yeah. that happens, um, in, uh, in Cambridge. And, um, uh, we've, you know, had situations where, um, even though we are trying to mind our own business, 
um, with our um, students during those uh, dur- during that week. You know, yeah. faculty are hanging large rainbow flags out of the window, yep. um, and they're complaining about our presence. Um, and in other times, you find when you're just speaking to the students that there is a tremendous um, hush that comes over the place and a remarkable receptivity to what's being said. And when you consider that um, even secular, uh, non-Christian thinkers um, here in Canada, for example, some of you may have probably heard now in the U.S. about this uh, man, Jordan Peterson, oh, yes. uh, in, in Toronto, um, you know, young men especially, uh, just because you've got a guy here really acting as a, a surrogate father, a kind of cultural mentor to, right. to young, young, young fatherless yeah. men, yep. and saying, you know, make your bed, uh, put your shoulders back, shake hands firmly, yeah. be respectful, um, respect women, and, and so on, and, and asking pertinent cultural questions. He's getting a hearing. So there really is um, there is opposition, but there's also remarkable opportunity. Right. Now, the topic of uh, Grace Agenda is enraging culture. And is this something the church should be doing? I think that enraging uh, culture, and this, of course, uh, kicks into the question of culture wars, and uh, even yeah. that expression is yeah. controversial to, to, to some degree. But the reality is, in, in, in my view, um, the the Christian, the very nature of history and culture or historical cultural development um, is about a struggle, a fundamental struggle, a fundamental battle for uh, the control of the direction of history. Yeah. Um, and so uh, uh, by, by virtue of the fact that believers, that Christians, um, put their trust in Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, um, and uh, the, 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 the context in which uh, Christ's word comes to us, even in the, uh, the Great Commission or even in the letters that we read in Revelation, is those of a, of, a, of a king to his vassals. The very fact that we represent Christ the King, that we as Christians believe that we are office bearers uh, in Jesus Christ as, as prophets, priests, and kings in him, mm-hmm. um, it is actually inescapable that Christians in every generation, in every culture, <laughs> Um, enrage uh, the kingdom of darkness. So the, the culture which is antithetical to the gospel will be angered if Christians are being faithful. Yeah. Uh, and the degree to which you know, the truth of the gospel has impacted and diffused itself in a culture will be the degree to which people become angry, of course. Um, but I think it's, it's, um, it's not so much a question of whether the Church should be doing that um, the church, if it's being the church, will be doing that mm-hmm. by virtue of who, of what the church is, who we are as, as God's people. Hmm. So, you know, of course, the pushback is is can't can't the church, you know, shouldn't the church be, you know, seeking the good of the city? Isn't the church supposed to, you know, just be leaven in a loaf? Isn't it more peaceful? Isn't it more gracious? Isn't it, you know, isn't it? Aren't you supposed to just get together and watch movies and you know um, uh, you know eat uh, popcorn and 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 drink beer and um, talk about things and just sort of see if you can become friends and then maybe one day you Bring might, up the might mention Jesus. Um, I mean, you know, isn't that the pushback? And and what do you say to that? When people say, I I prefer a more easygoing, peacemaking form of Christianity. I'm tired of of you know culture war. Yeah. 
Well, of course, um, being in a battle is tiring, and, uh, and if you're in a battle, you get uh, you get mm-hmm. scars, and 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 you can get beaten up. And I think the church uh, um, isn't simply a hospital; it's a it's a barracks. Mm. I think that, that um, you, if you look at some of the images we were given in Scripture for the Christian, um, we're, we're soldiers, uh, we're ambassadors, um, we're priests. Uh, these um, these are not um, sort of culturally idle um, metaphors. And, um, of course, we seek the good of the city, um, but we do that by praying and by working for uh, the the glory of God, the kingdom of God. I mean, there's probably no better example of seeking the good of the the city and the empire um, than uh, Daniel and right. his uh, three friends there in Babylon. Um, and uh, and and what was Daniel concerned to do? He certainly wasn't concerned to evade uh, the cultural uh, challenge, uh, nor were his friends. In fact, in in that, of course, the famous confrontation. On the plains of uh, Dura, there uh, they refused to 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 worship the idols that uh, or the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, mm-hmm. um, even though they were members of government. And of course, Daniel, in his resistance, it actually leads to the repentance and I think the conversion of Nebuchadnezzar. That that's how you seek the good of the city. Yeah. And uh, Jonah, as he goes to the heart of the Assyrian Empire, is seeking eventually after being speed up on shore <laughs> right it's finally ready to it's finally ready to seek the good of the city so i think sometimes those things are can be used uh, as an excuse because we actually don't want to be in the fray or we want to avoid the confrontation but is there any stronger example than that of the lord jesus himself right um who said if the world hates me um, that is the spirit of the world. Um, it's going to hate you as well. Now, now that doesn't mean we wander around being ignorant and stupid for Jesus. I mean, um, right. stupid for Jesus is still stupid, as we say. <laughs> um, you know, we we don't have to be uh, uh, rude or insensitive. We don't have to make the offense uh, our offensiveness. The offense is the offense of the cross. It's the offense of the gospel. Um, um, but that's also the glory. Um, of the gospel. So we, we ought to be Christians who, when we've run the race, can say with Paul, I, you know, I bear in my body the marks, the scars. I bear yeah. in, in, in the reality of my life the fact that I've been in the conflict. I've, I've run the race, but I've kept the faith. I've finished the course. Yeah. Um, and so I think these, the, 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 the ideas, uh, the idea of, of um, a culturally um, appropriate a culturally sensitive form of communication is not antithetical to the fact that it doesn't matter how sensitive you are or how gracious you are or how um, uh, effective you are in communicating truth. Uh, the fact of the spiritual conflict in which you're engaged means that um, you cannot avoid the conflict. It is unavoidable. Seems like so often the the you know as soon as people start hating or getting angry or there's conflict. Uh, the Christian impulse is to think that something's gone wrong. Mm, um, yeah. you know, some, something's gone badly. Not, people don't like us. People are, um, you know, hating us. People are protesting us rather than, than, I mean, of course there's always room to check ourselves. There's always room to check and make sure, you know, you know, was I, was I being stupid, uh, or was I being, uh, needlessly rude or, uh, insensitive. And on the other hand, um, Jesus says that this is the plan. 
um, you know, the, mm, the plan yeah. is that, you know, that we're, we're going to go and we're, we're bringing an offensive message to the world. And the, the plan is that they it's going to, we're going to come into conflict with the world. That's, that's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and to want to avoid that or, uh, to think that something's gone wrong when we finally come into conflict is to completely misunderstand the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you know, doesn't Paul say that uh, we are um, the savor of life to some? Right. And we're the savor of death to others, <laughs> because yeah. that is the, 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 the nature of the gospel, that it divides. I mean, Jesus himself said it, it, it divides members of the family. Right. Um, uh, father and, um, and uh, son and, and father are set against one another, mother and daughter, even... Uh, even husband and wife in 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 the course of um, of that conflict. So right. no, we mustn't. If we're if we're thinking scripturally, we cannot possibly see um, resistance and some people taking offense as a mark of our of our failure. In fact, uh, scripture is very clear: beware when all men speak well of you. Right. And if if the world has a as a, as a constant message of appreciation for us, we can be pretty sure um, that's when we're doing something. Um, wrong, right? Um, and so, you know, this is um, this is part of the challenge of being the, the called out uh, people of God and and um, and and bearing that um, office. I mean, of course, part of the the uh, the challenge which we face is that because um, we have tended to privatize the gospel in recent decades, and and we've mm. ecclesiasticized the yeah. Word of God. We sort of yeah. imprisoned the Bible within the life of the Church. Right. Um, we're increasingly in a cultural context that's not used to being challenged from a distinctly um, Christian perspective. And, um, I mean, in my own experience, in my own mm. ministry, I often find that, uh, ironically, the greater opposition I receive is from the Church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. you actually speak about the application of God's Word um, to the culture, because when you ecclesiasticize the Word of God, you actually have a politicized church, because huh. the church itself is not being brought under the Word of God um, uh, on a consistent basis in these other areas of life. If you don't yeah. bring the Christian's mind and heart under the Word of God in the areas of education or law and politics and art and so on and so forth, and you say, well, that's all uh, you know, a, a, a neutral area, that's all just in terms of a general broader area of um, uh, of common grace that we have in common with the world, yeah. we end up actually, uh, of course, not challenging the world there because we are actually um, we, we've got a we've got a gospel that's just going along with culture. Right. Um, but when you when you actually are faithful to Christ and to the gospel, um, uh, Christians can then sometimes be shocked. That uh, that they are they are faced with uh, resistance and, and 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 hostility. Do you um, do you but think that's, that's we have to be willing to face that? Yeah, and, and do you think it seems like the church um, emphasizes all the flowery verses, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Um, you know, um, God so loved the world. You know, the, the the church emphasizes all these verses in such a way. It's like a I was thinking about this as like a soldier who only cares about the shovel that he has to to dig in the ground, to dig his trench, to get comfort, but doesn't care about the weapons God has given him or his captain has given him. And in the same way, the church cares about all these, you know, um, 
you know, meaningful, real meaning, you know, the fruit of the spirit, of course we aren't against those, <laughs> but right. we do it in such a yeah. way where, um, I, I mentioned this in the first segment where we've disconnected love from the zeal of God, you know, yeah. and, and, and it, you, if you have love and you don't have zeal, then all you have is a spineless, you know, church. Um, but if yeah. you have love and the zeal of God and the zeal, you know, of course, uh, I mentioned Nehemiah and of course you mentioned Jesus, uh, th- that zeal with love is what makes the church so potent in a culture that doesn't um, know Christ. Yeah, well, that's, that's absolutely right. And I think, um, you know, the the kind of love of the God is love brigade uh, that, that um, of, course, of course, God is love, but that's not the only uh, thing that God is. God is also righteous. He's also just. Um, he is truth. Um, and so, you know, the, the seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is what Jesus uh, actually says to his people. And of course, Paul tells us that love um, is the fulfillment of the law in in Romans um, uh, in Romans 13, I think there. Um, so uh, we we need to rightly understand what love is. You know that passage that is so often read, uh, popular, very popular at people's weddings. You know where Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 is speaking about the nature and character of love. It does actually say there though that um, love does not rejoice with wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Right. Mm. So I think mm. it is very easy to uh, take um, passages in uh, from Scripture that are directed towards the relationship of brothers and sisters in Christ towards one another um, and say that, um, well, now we've got to kind of reinterpret these, abstract these from their context and, and reinterpret them in terms of a sort of um, pansy-like uh, uh, attitude towards huh. all the challenges we face in in, in the culture. Right. Um, but love, of course, is um, <clears throat> love is uh, num- is first of all in in God's relationship with us jealous. Right. And, yeah. Uh, That's right. Uh, I mean, the jealousy of God is one of the is perhaps one of the most dominant aspects of God's love for His people that comes through throughout the Old Testament. Uh, he's described, of course, as God as Israel's father, but also as Israel's husband, and he's a, he's a, he's jealous for us. And so if we are jealous for the honor of God, for the glory of God, and we truly love Christ, then we, um, we are jealous for the honor of his, his name. And, and those things are a manifestation of love. And, we, and right. what could be more loving than to make known the grace of God in the gospel of Christ? I'm thinking about uh, James also. I mean, you know, James says, you adulterers, you adulteresses, don't you know uh, that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Right. Uh, there's the mm-hmm. there's the jealousy of God again coming out, and you know, and, and in the name of, you know, reaching out or whatever, we become you know in the wrong way, um, friendly with the world. We become mm-hmm. worldly, yeah. and and God's love is is fiercely jealous uh, for mm-hmm. for us. Um, one last question, uh, and we'll let you go. But um, we've been talking about this shooting down in Florida. I'm, I'm sure you've mm-hmm. uh, seen it in the news, um, and yeah. th- there's uh, still you know bits and pieces coming out on this and this. Uh, but I I thought you know hey here's a here's a a, a flashpoint here here's a cultural moment. Um, give us you know just just from your vantage point if if you're if you're on the street if you're out um, preaching the gospel, um, how do you think about this cultural moment and and how would you speak into this cultural moment? Um, given some of the work you're doing, uh, you know, if, if you're on the front lines here, 
you find yourself down in Florida and, and, you know, you're in the middle of this, this, you know, mess, both you got, you know, you know, hurting families, uh, you got politicians, you know, spinning this for everything they can. Sheriffs who don't know yeah. up from down. <laughs> you got, you know, people, you know, blaming guns, blaming whatever, you know, um, I don't yeah. know. I mean, uh, how, how would you, how would you, um, how would you address this? How might you encourage other Christians to address this, um, uh, this moment? Mm-hmm. Well, um, obviously, you know, we, the, the first thing we, we, we do and should do in these situations is acknowledge the tragedy, um, of what's happened. And, you know, we can't minimize the pain which people feel, uh, these kinds of, of, of moments. Um, and we need to be obviously careful and cautious about uh, uh, referencing God's um, sort of judgments in these situations as well, because, you know, when Jesus was asked about the Tower of Siloam that fell on people and so forth, he says, well, do you think that, uh, you know, they were more uh, they were more wicked than you because this happened to them? <laughs> Unless you repent, you will perish. So history is always God's call to repentance, and the things that the tragedies that happen within it are all always there's always a place in which god is trying to speak to us seeking to um get our um attention and i think that the biggest area when you look at the biggest difficulty challenge i think when we look at uh these uh, these types of shootings these kinds of tragedies is that we so often in in the face of trying to um uh, different sides trying to capitalize in terms of a polit- particular political um, uh, agenda um, and politicians seeking to use these moments to to um, put their particular point of view across is we actually miss the deeper issue here, um, which I think is the religious problem um, in in the United States, and it's 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 a, a problem that is with us across Western Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that you know there was a time when. American young men would go to school <laughs> with their rifle and go hunting after school with dad. Right. Um, and there were no such shootings. Right. Um, what's changed? What, what's happened? You know, and, it, and it's whether it's a gun or a, or a truck or a knife or whatever it may be to hand. People have done just as much damage with driving into crowds with trucks. Um, the issue is um, what has happened to a culture that with such frequency young people uh, will in this sort of nihilistic fashion turn on one another in this way. And you see the, 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 the horrific breakdown and collapse of family across the Western world, including the United States. You see the fatherlessness. You see the, the loss of um, direction. And so rarely do you actually hear uh, in the news and on the talk and on talk radio a discussion of the religious foundation of America. You hear talk about the Second Amendment, and if I was Ameri- uh, an American, I would be concerned about my Second Amendment rights, yeah. um, because um, I do believe that uh, the removal of a citizen's right to defend themselves is one of the first marks of a tyrannous intention of government. Mm. But there is a deeper question about the. Um, religious, the, the, the loss of a religious underpinning. This did not used to happen in America. There's always been guns in America. Yeah. Why is it happening now? Right. Why are there so-called um, uh, things written off, or, or at least we try and account for these things in terms of mental instability or mental illness? The massive rise in all of these new mental illnesses, uh, you know, one of the judgments of God upon a culture is uh, is madness. Yeah. 
Um, That's right. And that, that yeah. Madness would be in our hearts, um, yeah. and that uh, we we we're handed over to a depraved mind. And so there is a kind of with with our apostasy from Christ, with our apostasy from God. Um, there are consequences to this that work themselves out in the life of the family, in the minds of young people, and uh, the 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 religious root of the problem, I think, is typically typically left unaddressed. And I think that's where I would be seeking to yep. bring an answer at this point. Yep. I think all the other issues are uh, as important as they may be are secondary and are merely symptoms. Right. of the deeper, much deeper, the critical religious problem that is with us in the West. That's that's really helpful, and, yeah. and uh, really appreciate that. Um, folks, that's uh, Dr. Joe Boot. He's with the Ezra Institute, ezrainstitute.ca. You can find the website there. Dr. Joe Boot will be in Moscow, Idaho at the Grace Agenda 2018. You can find that all the information there, graceagenda.com. Enraging the Culture, culture April 13th and 14th. I hope you'll come. It's a free conference. You do need to sign up and register. Um, I'll be speaking there. Dr. Peter Jones will be there. Dr. Joe Boot, Ben Merkel, and Douglas Wilson. Uh, so come out and uh, and come meet Dr. Boot. Dr. Boot, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic today. It's been my privilege, Jen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll meet you soon. See you then. Okay. Bye bye. This is Cy Timbrunke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. I was at a conference a few years back where the lecture included some wonderful evidences for a young earth. After the conference, I was talking with a speaker, a good friend of mine, when we were approached by a medical doctor who was attending the conference. He told my friend that he loved the lecture, up to the point where he started talking about a young earth, because, he said, that's just nuts. I asked the doctor, do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? He said, of course, I'm a Christian. Then I asked him, what in your medical profession could prove to you that a man who was dead for three days could come back to life? He said, nothing. I said, then why do you believe it? He said, because that's what the Bible says. I asked him, then why don't you believe what the Bible says about the age of the earth? He had no answer. You see, as Christians, our ultimate authority is the Word of God. Denying what the Bible says may grant you more credibility with the professed unbelievers of the world, but it dishonors the Lord who bought us. When we defend our faith, our job is not to make the message more palatable to goats, but to offer sheep food to those who our Lord is calling to himself. And we can rest assured that Jesus' sheep will hear his voice. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Are we out of coffee? Mine's cold. I think you killed it, man. Yeah. Out of coffee. I like that music. This is for Gabe. A little country. <laughs> <laughs> little Texas music. <laughs> Welcome Yo. back to Cross Politic, y'all. Yes. This, se- this segment. Go ahead. I was, I was talking. How was that Joe Boot Every, interview? Everybody's taking everybody's taking my job. I was going to say, have you liked and shared the show yet? Oh, you, you better know, like it. Like and share. Like and share. Well, this is the last segment. Hunk, Sorry. Hunk your horn. Poor yeah. David. If you're podcasting, hunk your horn for cross-politic. This uh, segment is brought to you by Gabriel is looking for a Bible verse. That's dangerous. Ooh. Watch out. He's been like, over there hunting. And he's yeah. like marking three like, oh, look at those yeah. Bibles. Uh-huh. I'm he's getting scared. It. I'm kind of scared. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of worried. He's going to pull something on If us. he pulls Man. a highlighter out, I'm done. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, right before the interview, right before we talked to Joe Boot, we, we just, we unloaded. 
<sighs> we 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 yeah. you know and we we you know we blew a hole. <laughs> wow, you just went straight gun on the church. The church wow, is responsible. Just did that. He did What's the, the covenant about? Yeah. Well, how are you going to call that sheriff on the carpet? If you are not a man taking responsibility. And everybody is. That's what's amazing. Right. Everybody's blaming. Every, yeah, okay. Yeah. So first of all, let's just point out the fact yeah. that, um, okay, this is as old as Adam. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's right. Okay. It's Genesis, the first baby. story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The first story, the first sin, and yeah. it's that woman you gave me. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was a serpent. It was a serpent. Yeah. Ah, right. So this is as old. This is human nature. Yeah. Hey, guys, I, I tell you, um, uh, about a month ago. Uh, me and my wife were working through a situation and my wife just straight up just said, you need to take responsibility. Ooh. Ooh. Oh man. It, 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 it hit me you want me to so edit that out? hard. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my my <laughs> wife just called me on it. She's like, yeah. I need you to take responsibility <laughs> for us right now. Oh man. That's a faithful wife. That's a faithful wife. And Woo! that, I mean, like those words. You a blessed man. Oh man. <laughs> the, the, and the way she said it with all the sincerity and heart of a godly Christian woman. I mean, yeah. it hit me men, hard. Men. And okay. it, it's still tremoring. Uh huh. <laughs> there's, there's still ripple effects you know, from that, uh, just, that tremor. I want to piggyback on ahead. that real quick because something yeah. that you said a while ago when we were talking about women in leadership roles, which really is a big conversation right now women in leadership roles in, in seminaries, you know, but one of the things you said is that when women see men not re- being responsible for what they should be responsible for, the, the job of the woman is not to jump in and take the man's job. Yeah, right. right. It is her job to point out the fact I'm calling you to repentance so that you can lead us. Like, that's so beautiful, yeah. man, because yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so easy right now, especially with our culture for women to say, Oh, you're not jumping in the responsibility seat right here. Well, then I'll drive this trip. Right. You know, I'll yeah. drive this time and, and, yeah. and take over. But no, a godly woman says, No, no, no. God didn't put me in that position. Right. God put you in that position. You need to repent and, and you, you need, need to jump in there and step right. up. You step up. That's, yeah. that's, do not give your strength to women. Dude, was, oh, that's uh-huh. right. Is that that's, what you're trying to do? That's why I got to come tea. to Grace Agenda. <laughs> putting it on the yeah. tee for you. That's right there. there Boom. So, Maybe that's uh, a new thing now. Instead of high-fiving fist bumps, I'll put it up here. <laughs> <and> you <laughs> swing it. <There> <laughs> no more high-five fist bump gear shifts. We'll just do that. We, uh, but, you know, the same thing is going on when Nathan confronts David. Oh. You are right. the man. Right. Oh. You're the man. Right? First Samuel 15. He tells the story, and, you know, what? And David's getting all worked up, and he's yeah. going to go, oh, I'm going to go. And Nathan yep. says, you are the man. Yep. Oh. This is this is your responsibility. This yep. is why prophets die and get killed. Right. <laughs> this is right. Yeah. This is right. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. So we unloaded. We yeah. said, okay, church, family, you failed. You cannot call this man out on his hypocrisy if you are not taking responsibility. But, okay, what does that responsibility look like, David? Yeah, so... I think first and foremost, you want to, when you see something like this that happens, you want to think about, okay, where am I responsible at? And the way you find that out is by saying, where has God given me authority at? Yeah. And so as a man, the first place you think about is your home. Right. And so you look at your home, you say, okay, Lord, am I loving my wife? Yeah. Mm. Am I baptizing my kids in the word of the God? Am I teaching them to love your standard? Am I abdicating my responsibility by sending them off to Caesar to get their education Instead of making sure that they get education right. from Christ, right? In right. the Christ-centered education. And right. so you start looking so, all. So we can, we can, we, we, traditionally, yeah. um, theologians have summarized spheres of authority yeah. or, or spheres of, co- yeah. of covenant, covenant is what we're yeah, talking absolutely. about, yep. is 
family. Yep. The home. Yep. Church. Yep. Church and state. And, and state. Absolutely. And and you can add a fourth one if if we, individual to talk about your yeah. self government. Yeah, sure. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's every man has pre. to govern himself and be, take responsibility for himself. You just first. preached a sermon on that, didn't you? Um, I don't know. I might have. Yeah. The, I, the, with that at the the call not the call conference. We, the, we uh, let him finish the story. The clear. Clear note. Clear, note, clear note conference. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The, the clear that note was conference. that was amazing sermon, dude. I woo. yeah, yeah. Wa- watching yourself, guarding yeah. yourself, guarding yourself, um, and and dealing with yourself first. So, but but okay. So take responsibility for your family. Yeah. First. Yeah. Where so, have I failed so, in this? So if you hate the way that that everybody is blaming everyone else. Yeah. Yep. About this school shooting. Yeah. Start by taking responsibility for yourself. That yep. means confess your own sins. Yep. That's right. Right. Don't blame your parents. Oh. Don't oh don't oh. blame don't blame don't blame the the system don't, what, what, don't are, you, are you trying to talk to black people right now are you trying to don't lives matter don't blame don't blame your economic status oh don't blame your oh. culture don't blame you take occupy res- movement Hello? take responsibility <laughs> right right that's take right. responsibility that's right, right? That's right. Yeah. um don't blame guns stop in this blaming, situation stop blame, take responsibility right. for yourself so yeah so think about the situation out there mm-hmm. yeah but but then what do you what, what do we do. First of all, take responsibility. So you that, repent. Repent of your your own sins. That's right. with, and then right after that is your if you if you were blessed to have a wife and yeah. kids, then take responsibility for that. Yeah. yeah. Are you taking responsibility for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you providing for them? Are you protecting them? You're responsible for the the tenor in your home. Is it a joyful home? Yeah. Are you teaching them to love God's right, standard? Right. It, uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I love that's love really, the way that Pastor Doug always puts that. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not keeping the standard. It's loving the standard. That's right. Yep. That's right. Um, do they love it? Do they love obedience? Do they love the Lord Jesus? That's do they right. love forgiveness? Yeah. And are you modeling that? Yeah. Are you taking responsibility for that? Or are you just saying, I don't know? Right, 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 right. Uh, you know, I'm not responsible. What? You're just being that sheriff. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly. He represents us perfectly. So well. I yeah. shot the sheriff. Here you go. <laughs> But I did not shoot, shoot the death. <laughs> that was bad. We might I, need I'm it. responsible for that. Po- post edit. Post edit. I'm that was responsible. my fault because uh, I joined uh, in too. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't encourage feeding uh, animals. Anyways, that that got off a soft track. I apologize. Uh, you can put the sad face on that one if you want to. <laughs> we, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. So, but so then, church. Your church. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you should be part of a church. Yep. Yep. And that and Faithfully. because because and the if, Psalms is plastered. With going to church and praising God in the church, in the assembly, and being part of the assembly and the congregation, and receiving food from that. Okay, mm. so and, if you're not in church, what's wrong with you? No. Yeah, right? what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Get in um, church, and and a church is a covenant. That's right. All right. That, that's why there's. Yeah. That's why membership in a church matters. It, it doesn't have to be some you know you know you know till death do us part, sign and blood sure. kind of craziness but yeah. it's a covenant it is and, and, and covenant together yeah. to to be brothers and sisters and to be in submission yep. to leadership yep. who are going to be responsible for you and you're going to be responsible to them and they're you're going to hold one another accountable and there's going to be uh discipline yeah where we're going to rebuke and admonish and yep. correct one another and forgive one another and teach yeah. one another and Amen. bear with one another that's what yep. covenants mm-hmm. are about too mm-hmm. well, and i think mm-hmm. i think part of the emphasis here so the church is the covenant um, uh, body of of Christ uh, joining together on the Lord's Day, and it's the central place where we go to ask God to move, to ask God to work. His kingdom. So it's come. like it's like the worship yeah. is central That's situation right. thing, yeah. right. uh, kind of thing, situation thing, um, where worship is central, and then but it doesn't just stay there on Sunday. So a lot of people, right. I think, um, uh, well, I won't go there, That's, but a lot yeah. of people think that that worship is central. 
and they amen it, but then it's totally disconnected right. from how they live the rest yeah. of the week. So one of the ways you can read the book of Revelation, it's kind of a crazy book, and it's it's it, it's yeah. challenging, but if you if you you one of the things you can notice as you read through it is it's addressed to seven churches at the beginning. Yep. And then John is, is is ushered into the heavenly places, yep. and and basically what he sees in heaven <clears throat> is worship happening. Mm. Yeah, yep. and there are these worship scenes, and interspersed between these worship scenes, judgments are being um, cast down on the earth. Mm. <clears throat> so what happens in heaven has significance, impact on what's going on on the earth. Yeah, yep. and we can debate on the timing and all that kind of stuff. Even though I think most of it is is been fulfilled. Yeah. Nevertheless, you see that pattern. Mm. And this is the way Jesus taught us to pray. Well, yeah, exactly. Your right. will, let your will be done on earth. on earth as it is in heaven, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. And the, but the pattern is, is we we ascend into the heavenly places. Yeah. Um, that's where we are by faith in Christ. We're seated with yeah. Him in Ephesians, the heavenly places. Yeah. But in Hebrews, it says we have not come to an earthly mountain. Right. We've come to a heavenly one. Yeah. yeah. We, we we gather with the saints. With the spirits of just men made perfect, yep. mm. um, we we gather to Jesus, the mediator of the better covenant. So the worship services we're we're ascending. That's right. Right. So in worship, we gather together in a formal way um, to worship our King, our God. Yeah. Where we renew covenant. Yeah. That's right? why I love the covenant renewal. I love when, that when we, um, yeah. you know, Jesus calls the 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 wine. This is the new covenant in my blood. Yeah. Um, that's for the remission of sins. And so when we gather together, though, we are ascending into heaven where we worship God yep. in heaven. Yep. We proclaim him king. We, we, uh, we hear him speak to yep. us that's right. through the word. He, he seats us at his table. He feeds us. But all of that, the pattern in Revelation is, is when we do that, when the people worship, when the angels and the people worship in heaven, judgments fall on the earth. That's right. Mm. Okay, this is part of the covenant reality of of the world. Yeah, yep. um, that what we do on Sundays is directly impacts Monday through Saturday. That's right. This is why we worship on the first day of the week. It's the Lord's day. Yeah, it's yep. the beginning of the new creation. Yep. And so every week, not the old creation, which no. is on Saturday, right? So the, the new creation. creation. Yep. And so we worship God, and He promises to put all our enemies beneath His feet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so practically, okay. what does that mean? What I mean, so, okay. But, but, and and, so and is, why is our worship not changing things? Right. Well, because, oh, we well, don't <laughs> we don't sing psalms. Well, I would say we're, we're being disobedient. Yeah. Uh, well, fundamentally, we're being yeah. we we don't give ourselves to the church. We and when we go to church, we don't think we don't worship in faith, believing. Well, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the, and we the, have pastors out there who want smoked smoke machines. Mirrors and lights and flashy, oh flashy. It's, it's and about the young people flashy, leading this. Flashy. flashy, flashy. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I know about yeah. flashy, yeah. flashy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. about inter- entertainment. Yeah. It's about, you know, coffee hour. It's about pastors sharing, you know, sitting on the, 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 the stool. It's not about calling stories. God to act. Yeah. It's not about gathering before yeah. God to proclaim that he is king. Yeah. yeah. It's not about, right. it's not about renewing covenant with him. It's not about hearing his word proclaimed. This is not about our words. It's not, who cares what the pastor thinks? That's right. So uh, I got a, I got an additional angle in this as you guys are talking. Um, you gonna so, use a Bible verse? Uh, not yet. I'll oh, get there. Oh, I'll okay. get there. Hang okay. on. Woo. So part of the fallout from all this is you got the um, Delta distancing themselves from the NRA. Um, Delta saying we're no longer part of NRA anymore. You got um, the the Lieutenant Governor of Georgia saying that they are going to remove all tax incentives for Delta if they don't renew their relationship with the NRA. So like you got political mandarin going on and and then you also have the um uh um well what was the other 
um, uh, thing I was going to bring up and all this. Um, oh, oh, and so, and then you have Dick Sporting Goods coming out in in public saying, "Hey, we aren't going to sell assault rifles anymore." Which, which but they haven't been selling over the last year or so. Anyway, well, no, they stopped selling assault rifles uh, after the, Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. they already came out and did this. It's just a political stunt. Hey right. guys, look at us. They already came out right. and did this over yeah. here. Yeah. Hey, look at this. But they already, you know, so they took the p- political stunt um, to use. They use this as another way of getting more attention. Yeah. And everything. Um, and I think, and I, as I was looking at all these, um, you know, companies with some sort of backbone about what they believe and some sort of uh, that they have this 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 backbone in wanting to change the way people think about life, and they're they're willing to do it to such an extent where they're going to hurt their own business. Dick Sporting Goods he even said in his recent interview, he said, um, "Our business is probably going to take a hit because of my stance right now." Yeah, Delta knows that the NRAs. There's a whole. You network know, within the NRA. Here's the thing. So Go in all, all these situations, again, what you have going on is this is classic virtue signaling. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, this is Pharisaism. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Look right. at our robes. Right. Mm. Now we will say a long prayer on CNN. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And we think that we will be heard by the gods because they think that the god is the state. Yeah. This yep. is where all yep. the funding comes from. This yep. is where all the money comes from. Mm-hmm. And so they're virtue signaling. We're holy. We want to be part of the priestly class. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And but, we're willing to be um uh, persecuted right for that it's, yeah. yeah but it's but the thing is is it's they're they're not taking responsibility no okay it, yeah it's, no, it's and, and so so we're still back to the same point which is and we didn't act, hold on i want to can i circle back around really fast yeah uh, so church taking responsibility we said family's got you take take responsibility in the yeah. family take responsibility in the church yeah. that means though that the church needs to take responsibility by policing its ranks that's right yeah. Okay, and if, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was talking right. about discipline, yeah. but that's don't, what I mean. Don't go there, Toby. Oh, I'm going to, <laughs> because that means that we have to have church discipline. Yeah. yeah, that's right. If people who profess to know Jesus are not being held accountable, Jesus tells us exactly what to do. Why is, yeah. you ask the question, why is our worship impotent? Yeah. yeah. Why does it seem to do nothing? Why does it not have well, an Well, we impact. worship him yeah. like it's impotent, but then we don't actually obey Jesus. Yeah. Jesus said, if your brother is in sin, go to him. Yeah. And, and if you, if he Repents of his sin, great, you won your brother. This is Matthew 18. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, guys, there's a whole, there's a chapter in the Bible about what to do when your brother or sister is in sin. Yep. Yep. How many churches are practicing church discipline? Yeah. Oh, Matthew 18. Oh, oh. Yeah. Wait, yeah. First Corinthians yeah. 5. Well, yeah. okay. Yep. There's a man in your church, Paul says, who is sleeping with his mother in law. Yep. 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 He's, yep. And he's like, you know, you can see, you can hear Paul, like in the Greek. He's just like, he's like, Throwing, he's throwing his hat he's on the ground, and everyone out. knows it. He's, he's Your jump, whole church knows it. He's jumping on his face. <laughs> everybody knows this guy's sleeping. This, you know, even and you're un- doing nothing even about unbelievers it. Unbelievers don't do this kind of nonsense. No. He says, he says, when you gather together. Yeah. When do they gather together? On the Lord's day. On the Lord's day, he says, when you come together. Yeah. You need to hand him over to Satan. Mm-hmm. Set him outside. Yeah. Right. Set him outside. He says, he says, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf, mm-hmm. and he is infecting your church. Okay. Yeah. The church needs to take responsibility for the people in their ranks yeah. and discipline them. Yeah. And this includes pastors and elders and deacons. That's yeah. right. It doesn't right. matter if he's yeah. a big donor. It doesn't yeah. matter. That's right. It yeah. doesn't matter if you dedicated the the youth center to his grandma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't matter if he's a really good preacher. It doesn't yeah. matter if he's he's really. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So so I was I was thinking about this very point, um, and this is maybe a, a roundabout way of kind of getting to where to where we're going to end. Um, is the church? I think. They believe that they got, you know, we love God pretty well. We're nice. We're a good community. We're kind to our culture. 
Um, I think they, they think they love God well. Um, and I think, but I think one of the problems is what's the missing, you, you can have a love for God, but if you don't have a zeal for God, you, you don't have the full gospel. Right. You don't have the full way of dealing and interacting and engaging with culture. Right. If you just have love, you have no backbone. And if you don't have that zeal, that jealous, righteous, uh, love uh, doesn't have any uh, legs. It has, yeah. it has nothing. Yeah. But you think of all, and, and, and this is, this is where it ties into covenant. The only way zeal works faithfully is in covenant. Because what, what is, when we see zeal in scriptures with Nehemiah, with Jesus, with all, with the uh, apostle Paul, you see a uh, zealous for God's covenant people. And yeah. that, you know, I think in Nehemiah 13, I, I listened to a sermon this week in Nehemiah 13, um, you have uh, Nehemiah going to his people and taking covenant responsibility and, and at the same time, taking that covenant responsibility and disciplining his people right? Yep, to right. the extent where they pull out the beards, his beard, the, his people's beards. Right. And then you think of, don't look of, at my beard. I don't like the, how you, you look at me of, like that. Then you think of, <laughs> of Jesus in the temple. Right. The yeah. only way that zeal works is because Jesus was taking covenant responsibility for the desecration <laughs> of God's worship. Yes. Right. right. And, and so love does not do anything without right. zeal. Right. right. And, 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 and to the extent that we don't have the zeal and, yep. and zeal for the law of God, that's right. for that's the right. word that's of God, right. Right. again, we have no nothing to stand on that's right. to then to teach the nations. Mm. I mean, that's our job. We're to be light and salt, right. but we don't discipline sin. How are we going to turn around and say, stop murdering your babies? Mm. How are we going to turn around to say, do justice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't do justice. Yeah. We don't excommunicate. Mm-hmm. We don't. We go. We go get married in, in public. Yeah. We get married in public. Yeah. We go have divorces private, and we get a little di- private Ooh. divorce. <laughs> and, and the church, yeah. and the church just kind of smiles and, and oh, says, "Oh, is this the new well, Mrs. Johnson?" Well, oh, hey, and, to the, and to the Broward situation, we don't execute right. justice. And that's what I was just going to get yeah. to. So yeah. then, then the third sphere is the state. Exactly. And and you know, there's all kinds of debates we can have about exactly the role of the state, but we know at the very least, it is the civil magistrate's job from God. Yeah, that's right. To punish evildoers. Romans 13. It's Everybody, the, all you Romans 13 people, listen up. Where you at? Where you at, <laughs> where you at now? He's been, Time to tune he's, in. He's been yeah, given the that's sword. Right. Yeah, That's right. Okay, and this means, very practically, that we need to be calling for the public execution that's right. of people who commit murder. And we haven't been hearing that narrative. No, no not all. Right. It's not been all. That's so a great point. silent. Yeah. Uh, assuming... That there's no curveball in all this story. I mean, we need to insist on justice, yeah. which means there need to be multiple witnesses confirming that this kid yeah. was the murderer. Yeah. Yeah. But assuming we have that, we need to have swift public justice. We have him on camera. The execution. <laughs> right. right. The ex- You're done, son. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, people can like digitally, you know, yeah, uh-huh. you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, but assuming we have that, that proof, justice is done, two right. or three witnesses and so forth, and he's convicted of the murder. He needs to be publicly executed swiftly. Yeah. And yeah. this is what's amazing about this story is he's sitting here saying, I'm willing to plead guilty to this crime yep. if the death penalty is off the table. Yep. Of course he is. Bruh. Yep. Right. Bruh. Right. <laughs> Bruh. Well, you know what? It's like my son coming to me, Daddy, listen. <laughs> I'm willing to admit the fact that I stole the last chicken breast. Yeah. If there's no spanking, involved, no spanking involved for stealing. I'll admit it. So right. if you can prove right. that you're not going right. to spank me. Right. But what we want to insist upon, though, is that this man is responsible for his actions. Yes. Right. Yeah. And right. this means that the civil magistrates in Florida need to take responsibility yeah. for what happened under their watch. Yeah. And the That's way right. that they take responsibility before God 
is they execute the criminal. You don't escape it. You don't escape the fact that right. somebody's responsible. You don't escape the fact right. that victims need to feel closure. Right. And so part of what we're doing in the biblical way gives all those things uh, satisfaction. Right. The fact that the victims get to see the person who right. um, harmed them actually meet justice. Right. Right. And, and, and if some and biblically would actually be part of executing that justice, sure. you know, sure. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, it also says that, look, you can't come out here and do something for fame and think you're going to get the kind of fame you right. want. You want to prevent future shootings? Yeah. You, have a have a tele, televised, televised, nationally televised execution. There yeah. you go. Yeah. That, that will that'll that'll yeah. really take the zing out of it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, something else that's been really bothering me about all this is that the presuppositions of everybody asking for gun control, uh, they're assuming that life is valuable, right. infinitely valuable. Right. The, children. Should, the, the children. The children. The children. We need to protect our children. We can't let people harm our children. We need to make sure we do everything we can that our children are safe from wicked people, right? right? And then they have a Planned Parenthood right down the road, yeah. and it has nobody right. in front of it. Right, so you, and you got some people that, of course, are, are saying, you know, oh come on, don't play the abortion card. Right, right. Yeah. Now, okay, just just focus on the victim. Let's just, you know, let's recognize that yeah. this really is a, a tragedy yeah. that has happened. Let's not take the focus of that. And I get a little bit of that. Yeah. But I think you're absolutely right. We need so, drives me nuts. So here's the bridge, though. Yeah. Here's the bridge, and you already said it. We need to ask the question. So, by what standard is it wrong for a 19 year old? young man to walk in and shoot a bunch of students yeah why is it wrong why is it wrong why is it wrong because life matters and, and, right yeah. why, and why and then Sen- we'll, yeah. because sentimentally and we'll right. play my the... kid's life matters why, yeah and says who yeah. yeah exactly and we need to keep asking that question says who by what standard because there's really only one answer that works yeah and that is that god created the heavens and the earth there's a covenant that men are created in the image of god <laughs> that's right and that God owns their lives, yeah. and he because he is the one who gives them, he is the only one who gives permission to take them. Yeah. yeah. And without his warrant, we are fighting against God himself, desecrating his image. Oh, and this is what this is what it says in Genesis after the at the Noahic covenant. Yep. Hey, there we are again. God made a covenant and he told Noah, right at that point, yep. he who sheds man's blood, yep. his my- his man his blood will be shed. Yep. Um, because man is made in the image of God. Genesis yep. 6, 9. There yep. we go. Yep. And so, um, all the way back to there, all the way to the present, this is the, this is the pattern. This is the way yep. that, that God works. Yep. And we need to, we need to keep reminding people too yep. that this, again, going back, we said this last week or the week before where we talked about, look, you don't think that you can kill a number amount of innocent people and this not spill over. Right. Yeah. Covenant faithfulness matters. Covenant disobedience right. matters. Right. It's not random. There is there is not anything random about a school shooting. There is nothing random about right. it. When you see when God gives you things like this and you see this in your culture, the first thing you do is you fall to your knees because right. something has gone wrong. It right. came from a Something's generation broken. of right. unfaithfulness. Right. Right. Th- these these yeah, are covenant right. curses. That's right. Yeah. They, they, they're not random. Be- because because right. we, we, we'll talk about this more in another show or at another time. But, you yeah. know, covenants. Um, are these bonds with attended blessings and curses? That's right. There are promises. Deuteronomy twenty-eight, and then there are, and then there are, and there are blessings for keeping um covenant, and there are yeah. curses That's for right. breaking covenant. That's right. And we and it's a generational bond. Yes, and we are yeah. in the process of having the curses of the covenant come right. down upon mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Right. That's what's going on. Um. This is because 
God is God. Yeah, you can't and, escape it. And it's you, inescapable. And you right. cannot pretend. You cannot right. pretend him away. Yeah. Um, this is the standard. This is the presupposition. This is why it is evil to take the lives of these children and all the lives of all the thousands of other little unborn ones, children, the unborn yeah. children. Yeah. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.